to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Kind of tripped me out when when Pastor text and asked, and I was like, "Holy cow! Are you kidding me? That's like serious." But you know, God's already started to prepare me because Luann brought me in to do her Zoom, and then you know she has me do Saturday teaching. So um, obviously, God's starting to prepare me for things. Um, and after I accepted, I kind of knew what I wanted to to talk about tonight, and. Uh, it's my journey, so bear with me. I am, because I've never been an elegant speaker. I kind of have to go off notes. And this is an area I have always struggled with. However, the Lord has brought to my attention multiple times that Moses kind of made this same statement and drug Aaron in to be that person. And also, Paul wasn't an elegant speaker. And of course, Peter had the good foot and mouth disease at times. So here we go. Progressive sins is one of the best chances humans have at walking up, waking up from our sinful slumber towards God's holiness. If we don't see the problem with your greed, God will, God will allow your desire for wealth to ruin every relationship that is dear to you with the hope you will finally see how your idolatry of money is killing you. If you don't see the harm in following other religions other than Christianity, God will allow you to become an extreme radical, an insane person, with the hope of you finally being confronted with the misconceptions of your beliefs. If you won't repent, God loves us so much that he, won't allow us to, he will allow us to remain comfortable in sin, and sin always brings, progressively, brings us progressively closer to death because God desires every one of us to wake up and find life in him before it's too late. And this was me. I was broken, rejected, a stuffer. I stuffed all my feelings. I hid my feelings, not showing them because I would look weak. I had to be tough, show that everyone, that I was one tough chick and that I didn't need anybody. I had to be prideful, full of anger, didn't trust anyone. I will hurt you before you hurt me. Funny thing is, I was so blind that I thought everyone wanted to hurt me, so I hurt everyone. Yet I called myself a Christian. I walked in self-righteousness, and I ranked and compared my sins to others. And of course, if I could hide my sin, then I could feel better about myself, because I truly cared about what man thought at the time. So it's so funny that pastors asked me to do this because literally five years ago, March 2017, at 47, notice the sevens, um, my sin grew to where I became jobless and mentally lost. I literally got a pres prescription of pain pills to overdose. And then I laid in bed for days, allowing the enemy to try to beat me up with many ugly thoughts to destroy me. I wanted to die. But I felt the need to confess and ask for forgiveness of my sinful acts. I had attended a Lutheran church with my husband and his family, but I felt too ashamed to go there. So I tried to find a church that I could muster up the courage to go and basically confess to. I truly believed in Jesus, but I was in darkness because I was ignorant to God's word. 
My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, says Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. What I knew was basically Jesus had died for my sins, and I was certainly a sinner, and that I had mastered that course to the point to where it was ready to destroy me. I was not able to find anywhere that I felt comfortable with to go to basically confess or get help. I did not want my children to find me in that state, dead. And then I began to think of other ways. But there was a wedding coming up, my nephew's wedding. And unfortunately, his brother, my other nephew, was deceived by the enemy as well. And he took his life. So I couldn't bring myself to cause another bad memory and to take away from their special moment. After that, there was my husband's birthday, then my daughter's birthday. So I didn't want to ruin that with a horrible memory. And right about that time is when my mother's best friend was truly struggling with her battle with cancer. My mom had asked me to drive with her to Lakeland to visit her friend. And I wasn't finding a job at the time, so I was like, hey, what do I got to lose? Well, I might as well go. And her sister Susan was there, who lived in Fort Pierce, and she needed a ride home. So, of course, we gave her a ride home. And we all know Susan Skinner knows the word and knows the Lord. <laughs> so when she started to speak, I started to listen very intently. And she made a comment that it says in the Bible, women are to submit to their husbands. I stopped and did an immediate check, said, what? And I laughed, and I was like, well, I certainly failed at that. A couple of months later, I decided to randomly go to church with my in-laws. My heart was yearning for my Savior. The sermon was on, thou shalt not kill, and the pastor started to speak on suicide. I couldn't sit there. I had to get up, and I went into the stairwell to hide because I was broken down in tears and fear. This was not a mistake that I had gone. God led me to go and hear this. And no, I did not find my healing or confession there. It was not where the Lord wanted me to receive it. About a month later, I got a random text from a previous cleaning lady that I had not spoken to in about eight months. She sent me the Bible app. I thought, that was random. That was strange. Okay. Meanwhile, I am not leaving my house for weeks at a time. The enemy had not stopped at trying to destroy me. I dwelled on different ways of trying to kill myself. Highway, back road, tree, shoot myself. And of course, I was drinking a lot at the time. And I was never one to really drink either. I had a lot, then they had me make a whole beautiful list of woes and self-pity that I would randomly go back to and dwell on. Then my mom called because Susan had contacted her about helping with Diane while she worked. Susan had brought Diane to her house from Lakeland to help care for her because she had, was bedridden at this point. Diane had developed an open sacral tumor where she could not sit up or walk. But my mom could not handle seeing her beloved friend in this manner. So I could do it. I mean, what was I doing? Couldn't seem to find a job. <clears throat> so I called Susan and planned to go and assist her with care. Diane was like my second mom. The love I had for her was so dear, and I would do anything for her. Little did I know what God had in store for me. Bringing me to TCVC was one of them. Susan needed help with transporting her here to TCVC. Even though she was bedridden, her heart wanted to be so much here in church and corporate worship. So Susan had asked me to assist in transporting her because it took multiple people to place her on a stretcher and put her in back of the car to bring her here. 
I admit, I sat here and I was uncomfortable. I was clueless, yet I felt judgment. I had a fear of wrong teaching, so much fear that I was not being taught. The fear blocked me from the real truth. I had never seen raised hands, heard tongues, or prophecy. I truly did not know what to think, but the word that was being brought forth went off like the biggest light and my brain started to spin. Well, I had to keep coming because we had to bring Diane here. Each week, more and more, the word that was being spoken was pulling me in. And I remember thinking, this is it. I knew there was more. It had only been three weeks after caring for Diane when my mom had asked me to go with her to a family wedding in Indiana. I was really nervous because I had a lot of anxiety with dealing with her and her seeing her family. During these three weeks of being with Diane and Susan, I was eating everything that was being said, and I watched and listened intently and grabbing every word they spoke as they fed me spiritual food. I told them that I wanted to forget everything I thought I knew and wanted to start a fresh and truly learn the word of God and to be in him. So I'd asked for books and CDs, anything to keep my focus on things above to endure this trip to Indiana for the wedding. Susan gave me CDs, the CD series, God Man, by Pastor Tom. I took them home to burn them onto my laptop so I could listen anytime, wherever. I wanted to keep fed and keep my mind focused and on the Lord and not my surroundings during this trip. So the night prior to leaving, I was up till midnight downloading onto my computer and my computer crashed. So I gave up, tossed all the CDs, the laptop, and everything on top of the pile of uh, things I was preparing to take on for my, on my carry-on. And I was an owner of firearms, and I gathered up all my firearms, and I um, put them all on the top of that as well, because I was going to stick them in the state the next day. So the next day, I was nervous, checking the weather and repacking the suitcase. I grabbed the crash laptop, the CDs, and I placed the firearms into the safe. Glancing in, I thought I saw my 380. I'm like, yeah, that's right there. And, then, and I thought it was strange because I didn't really recall placing it in there, but I went on. I was in a hurry. So the bottom of that pile was my carry-on, and I grabbed and I packed it up with the iPad and a movie with headphones to try to keep my mom entertained because I knew she had a lot of anxiety. We got to the airport, and of course, we had to go sit at the bar to get something to eat. <laughs> While my mom ate, my nervousness got the best of me, and I kept reorganizing my carry-on, preparing everything to go through security. We began to go through security with my mom going first, then me. Then security stops me and asks, what's in my bag? And I said, electronics, my purse. But by the look on their faces, I knew it had to be the 380. It didn't make it into the safe. My mom began to freak out, but I encouraged her. I said, go on. You'll be fine. I'll be fine. Don't worry. Well, she did board the flight, somewhat hysterical, but she went. I got arrested and was taken to the cute little airport jail cage thing. <clears throat> it was quite exciting. However, the officers were super nice and kind. They contacted my son and to come and pick up my luggage and my personal items like money and jewelry. They also explained the proceedings to him so that he could contact a bail bondsman. I prayed so hard 
for my mom to be safe and for her to continue not to drink and drive once she reached Indiana. A few hours later, I had to be transported to the jail, and I was shaking, shaking so hard I will never forget. I was consumed with fear, mortified over what was happening and being completely confused and shocked with shock of what and how this could have even happened. I began to thank the officers for being so kind and understanding as I climbed into the transport vehicle with another female who was obviously intoxicated and out of it. I immediately realized I had not even prayed for myself. I thought, okay, Susan and Diane told me to thank God for all things, regardless of what's going on or what it looks like. So I began to thank the Lord and praise him, making him making such a crazy, insane situation easier than what it could have been. And even though I didn't understand what was going on, as many times I was in and out of that bag, I never saw the firearm. So Lord, I give this to you completely, and I thank you for all that you have done for me to this moment. Well, immediately I felt the presence of God come over me like I had never experienced. I was so alarmed and aware of God that he was there with me, and there was no denying who he is. Here I am in a paddy wagon with the presence of God on me. I was, I mean, who can ever deny an ex that crazy experience? I mean, it's, it was just amazing. So I finally made it to the jail and I was booked when they told me that I probably wouldn't get out of jail to the next day, regardless of when bail was posted. I kept praying and shaking and they had to put me in with the other women in the jail. And the officer told me, just go lay down. It'll be fine. This was about midnight, and by 2 a.m., I was being discharged, and my son was coming to get me. I got home, and all I could think about was, I cannot wait to see Susan and Diane to tell them what happened. <laughs> that morning, my mom called. She was home in Sebastian. She got to Atlanta and was too hysterical to continue and requested a flight back. As she was booking her flight, home, a friend from Sebastian approached her in Atlanta com com to comfort her and was able to give her a ride home. Glory to God, my prayer was answered. Later that day, I went to see Susan and Diane to share with them what had transpired and what I had experienced. That I had shared with, and I told them where my state of mind had been and how extremely depressed I was and alone and how I wanted and planned to kill myself. Susan lovingly came and sat next to me and asked me if I wanted to accept our Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And we prayed, and I accepted him. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Then she casted off the spirit of death off of me. And at that moment, I felt a lifting and a freeing I had never felt before. I was alive. I had just been arrested, and I did not care. I felt alive, I felt free, and I was happy. And I had a peace and joy that only our Lord Jesus Christ could ever provide. It literally surpassed my understanding. Unfortunately, Diane passed away uh, only three months later. I knew she was celebrating receiving her crowns of righteousness. But I wanted her there with me and with her family. And for the first time, I realized this was a complete selfish desire. It gave me a different perspective on grieving and mourning. This helped me understand the spiritual perspective and release my father's passing with no longer feeling the need to mourn over losing him. 
And believe me, I mourned for a long time. After a month and a half later, I was blessed with a position to care for an elderly couple in Stewart. This was a full hour drive for me twice a day. I took this opportunity to listen to as many sermons as I could to feed and renew my mind. I got every CD I could from Pastor Tom's teaching, and I listened to him over and over. This came to an end when my sister-in-law came to me and asked if I was ready to for a change. I was caught off guard completely. She said she had prayed a year prior, and God had said no, because I had some things to go through. And she prayed, then she prayed again, and God said, yes, now is the time. I told her I needed to pray. I had also gone to the couple and let them know that I would be leaving, and that went over like a lead balloon. They offered me a significant salary, a nice hot condo in Sailfish and Stewart to live in. But the Holy Spirit did not feel comfortable at all with that offer, but felt completely comfortable with my next chapter, chapter that was presented to me. Absolutely clueless and knew nothing about insurance. Health? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but not what she talked about. Besides, now I was only driving five blocks to work. I currently work for an employer that is not only my sister-in-law, but I am blessed with an employer that values me as an employee, always showing appreciation, encourages me, and compensates me. Even now, for the first time in 30 years, I have national holidays off. I believe with all my heart, Jesus Christ as my Savior. I did not know him or walk with him before. But my heart was seeking him. I was desiring to know him. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek, if you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Deuteronomy 4, 29, but if there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. The Lord knows my heart. He knew my heart needed him. Even though it took six months to orchestrate, he heard my cry and was preparing everything needed to open my eyes and put me in a place exactly where he wanted me to be. What I thought I knew was wrong and only a smidgen of the truth. I realized that I had associated a lot of my beliefs and things from like Hollywood and man's traditions. How can you walk with Jesus Christ if you don't know his word? I allowed everything else but his word to form my beliefs. Here I am still at TCBC with a love for the Lord that has grown and filled my heart with so much desire for more and more. I am so grateful that the Lord led me here to be filled and blessed with such a beautiful church family. I was at a women's meeting and we were worshiping and the Holy Spirit spoke and said, I know the enemy destroyed your family and stole the love from you, but I have blessed you with a new family, an abundance of love. I was so excited. I was like, yes, he has blessed me. And I started to look and see, not only did he bless me with this beautiful church family, but my husband and in-laws were there the whole time loving me. And it took me, took me to allow Jesus to come and show me how not to only love myself, but be loved. And then only could I receive the love that had already been there all this time. In order to reach his promise of joy, I have to jump over myself, looking at me because our Lord is so loving, gracious, and gentle. He has slowly revealed so many areas that need to be repented of, healed of, and changing daily thought process and function. 
As I have been walking out my sanctification, there are many areas that the Holy Spirit has and is refining me. I call it my learning and burning. I always ask the Holy Spirit, what are the areas that need to be refined and let go? I have become a very quiet and less outspoken person, girding my tongue. For I now know the power of the tongue. There is life and death in my tongue. So I try to be cautious in my speaking, not reacting out of emotions. Besides, the more I listen, the more I can learn, process, get revelations, and discern what is of God and what is not of God. Allowing myself to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I have become more aware and in of the intent and desires of my heart. Are the desires and intentions of my heart for God and for the kingdom of God? In everything we do, we must check the intention of our actions. Does it line up with God's intentions and his kingdom? Because if I am doing it with wrong expectations, when God cannot, God cannot, then God cannot bless it. And that can lead to the destructive outcome. For many years, I did things to try to get others to love me I was doing it with wrong intentions. It was all out of selfishness. We need to be aware of our self-expectations from others as well. For example, what are, our ex what are our expectations of our pastors? Many people place our pastors on a high pedestal, forgetting that they are human and that they cannot make mistakes, like coloring their hair. Being careful. <laughs> Being careful not to let make them an idol and love them with grace. They are only one person, and the whole congregation wants a part of them all the time. I watch, and I'm amazed at the strength, the weight, and the demand that they carry. And I am so blessed to have pastors that are anointed to carry this with such grace and encouragement. It takes all of us to come together to make the body to stand with our pastors, to pray for our pastors. They need our love and support, prayer, and just as much as we need theirs. We all make up the body. We are all a family of Christ to love and to support each other, regardless of where we are. We are all specifically made into this beautiful, unique puzzle piece that God has created, and he's placing each of us into his beautiful picture. This is why I love being taught to stand on my own two feet and fight the good fight of faith and then come to the body of Christ for backup. It starts with me first. I must do the work, and I cannot get it by secondhand faith. I am being taught how to be a warrior, a lioness, to be a kingdom citizen. It is not always easy. I have noticed that God eventually clarifies or gives the revelation if I am patient and I am still. Even assumptions... I look back now at how many times I assumed and judged others for their looks or actions or comments, not knowing what's going on in their lives. And get fired up when someone wants to judge me, though. When you assume, it is generally a negative assumption. Maybe a 0.0001% positive assumption. If, we're all, if you're standing in a grocery store in a long line and you say, wow, it's a beautiful day, someone might smile at you, go, yeah, but if you say a negative comment to, some, to somebody, and believe you me, honey, everybody's going to be having something to say about it with a whole lot of input. Not knowing or understanding what's going on in a situation. Like if somebody called out and was short-staffed. But like Miss Becky said one time, your opinion is not fact. 
But how many, but people will stand there in their opinions as if it is fact because of what they may want, their desires of their heart, or assuming without all the facts, having an expectation that does not fit in to what God wants right now. Being patient, consulting, asking questions, listening, then conclude to form your opinion. If your opinion is rejected, then maybe, and you get offended, it may be at my time to self-examine and not to hold more opinions. I truly feel this is a slick tactic or an open door to the enemy because you can quickly fall out of alignment and not even realize it. We all have opinions, but it's how we use and stand with your opinions because opinions can change with more kingdom knowledge and anything and everything we do. Proverbs 12, excuse me, Proverbs 18 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Romans 14 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not quarrel over opinions. Kelly made a joke recently that I'm always Sweden. Yes. I am neutral because I, I tru the only truly thing that matters to me at the end of the day is where I stand and where I am in God's true holy word. If, times, if a time changes on something, okay, I'll make it work. If a time doesn't, I won't make it work. It's okay because someone else may benefit from that, that, that change, but I'm not going to get worked up over it. And I've had the opportunity to learn the importance of transparency with Luann's Zoom. And this was huge for me because I always hid everything and held everything in. So now I am able to grow with learning how to be transparent. And that is one key component of a marriage. And I am definitely working on that. The spirit of rejection was another big one for me. It was a very painful area in my childhood. And Diane confirmed, and that started my healing. I wanted to love. I wanted to be loved. I went to a family, to family to fit in, but of course never did. I constantly needed attention and approval to feel loved and be loved. I believe we've all felt this way in somewhere in our lives. When all along it was Jesus Christ that we needed to complete and fill our void with just being loved by him. I have learned the importance of forgiveness. And I will never forget the first time I listened to James Wrench when he came over to pray for Diane and he spoke about forgiveness. Boom. I knew right there. This was a serious area that needed attention. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. But if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Even myself, which was hard. But if I didn't forgive myself, then that means I didn't accept the work of the cross. There was one person that required forgiveness, I knew immediately. And that was the one who caused the rejection. At that moment, I decided I was going to text her and say, I love you. And I did it regularly. Being able to know what is of God and what is not has equipped me to overcome and fight through many areas and moments, especially when any wrong thought came to me or hurtful words that came from that person who rejected me. I knew I had to love harder and love stronger. That alone had freed up my locking thumb because I had a thumb that would lock up and I did that and it all of a sudden released and I had a healing. 
Praise God, I now know the underst to understand the significance of idol worship. I had so many and no clue whatsoever. My boss, my job, my son, money, my own self-righteousness, etc. And we don't even realize, I think, with people, even with sports and team players and celebrities, can easily become an idol. In Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Exodus 23 through 6, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image and form in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. My God is jealous, punished for generations, I had no idea, because I did not know the word. To know and see that the enemy truly comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Praise God I wasn't crazy. There was a spiritual going on, battle going on in me, and I had no clue. I knew there was something, but I didn't understand what was going on. Satan distorts and tries to create compromise on the word of God. That it's necessary to suit up each day in the armor of God to defeat the wiles of Satan, to know that there is an enemy that's after your identity, your marriage, your finances, etc., changes the game completely because my eyes are open to his tricks and schemes. The word of God is the kryptonite to Satan, and I hold the power and authority through Jesus to defeat Satan, his minions. Satan no longer has a hold on me. To be a kingdom-minded person is to have mental stability. I now walk by faith, surrendering to his guidance, his and only his will for me, trusting his provisions in all areas, regarding, regardless of what it looks like. I am not to walk by the ooey-gooey-chewy emotions, as Luann says, that is, because that is the snare of the enemy. My goal is to walk in faith of God's word and his promises. My purpose is to stay connected with, spirit, with the spiritual realm and God to receive Jesus and allow Jesus to manifest through me. I have surrendered the steering wheel of control to the Father, the one who created me and placed me in my mother's womb, relying on his promises. Just like that fun trust exercises that companies like to have you do where they have someone stand behind you and you're supposed to fall back trusting that they're going to catch you. Well, I don't trust man. I do a trust fall into the arms of Jesus and Jesus only. At work, I now no longer get obsessed in anxiety over the number goals that I'm supposed to make. Last year, for the first six months, I went nuts, freaked out about losing policies, fearful of doing something wrong, writing new ones, all kinds of things. I worked 10 to 11-hour days and sometimes six to seven days a week until I realized I was not walking in faith. I had doubt that he would provide. Since last June, I handed it all over to him. He has blessed me continually. I don't look at the numbers and goals. I just work, and I put forth my best with compassion of Jesus. Even when I stepped out to bless someone who had a stroke, with an extra $150 a month out of my pocket, I paid for them to have their yard done because I knew how much the yard meant. 
and I was a little nervous, but the Lord put it upon me. My bill still got paid. And when I reached out and did that, I got not only a raise, but a bonus. I am so grateful for his love and blessings. How can I not be a joyful giver with tithing? I never knew that I have, all I have was his. And I had been stealing from his storehouse all this time. Glory to God for opening my eyes. My Lord is my protector. During the post-airport fiasco, I was driving Diane home from the doctor, coming down U.S. Highway 1 in Fort Pierce, and then it hit me. I no longer needed the guns because I have him, Yeshua, the biggest gun of all. And Psalm 27 says it all. I had to get my guns out of the house during the t probation time, and I had not even brought them back. I did, however, get my 380 back from the airport police. They, I, so I did get my firearm back, which is kind of unheard of, too. And that's the only one I have. And I don't even forget it, but I don't even have that now. I see God in everything now that I have eyes to see. I see from the kingdom perspective, seeing God's glory in everything. My glass is and always will run over because of knowing who I am in Christ. My body is the temple for the Holy Spirit, redeemed and cleansed and sanctified by the blood of Jesus. My members are the parts of, the, of my body, are the instruments of righteousness yielded to God for his service and his glory. The devil has no place in me, no power over me, no unsettled claims against me, and I'll be, I'll, excuse me, I will, it, it has, ooh, my goodness, it's been settled by the blood of Jesus. I overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I do not love my life to the death. I, my body is for the Lord and my Lord and the Lord is for my body. Because I'm a new person in Christ Jesus, a complete transformation that many now look at me and are amazed. Some look at me and think, I'm nuts. Some look at me and think, it's all an act. I accept being a fanatic because I now know who I am in Christ. And I will walk with ridiculous faith because 2 Timothy 3:16 all scripture breathed out of God is and profitable is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. I don't see suggestions. I see kingdom government with kingdom laws and I am proud to proclaim to be a kingdom citizen. Finally, I'm one of the cool kids. Thank you for listening to my journey. Thank you. And if you'd like, we'll go ahead and pray out. I should have prayed opening, but I was nervous. So let's bow our hearts. Father, we thank you that you are God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And you will go to such extreme measures to orchestrate our redemption through Jesus Christ. You love us so much, not, not only to create, to enter it, but to execute a mission on our behalf that we might enjoy fellowship with you. And I'm so grateful. Lord, help us comprehend everything that you are orchestrating to do in us and through us, Lord. 
And I just ask for a fresh indwelling of the Holy Spirit to give us more and more understanding, to lift us up and go from one level of glory to another level of glory, and to use our testimony effective to your, your grace, Father. And I just pray for a hedge of protection over each one of these beautiful people here tonight and anybody who is listening, Lord. And we just thank you and we glorify you in all that you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.